You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. Listen, there, there are only two types of people in my mind. Those who think the government is actually there to support and help them, and those who actually think those are the two types of people. You have been deceived because you did not think. For yourself, I'm sorry. No, no, I, 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 I just, I just want to say, I've this, I've had this conversation many times on the podcast because, you, if you just read media headlines, you know, like the other day, uh, the headline was U.S. deaths surpass Italy deaths. Well, of course they did. U.S. is because our population, our population yeah. is five times more than Italy. Duh. Yeah. So, so every headline's been kind of like that, and it just encourages this fear. And then, you know, I want to get into crypto, and I want to get into the virus because you have lots of great opinions. You just launched a new cryptocurrency that's very interesting. You have lots of uh, opinions that I agree with. But what do you view as the role of government philosophically? This podcast is with John McAfee, and I had to do an intro because John. McAfee is batshit insane. 
first off, he started McAfee Associates, a great company. They're that antiviral software. You have it on all your computers and he became a billionaire, whatever. And then every single story I've ever heard about him after that was just, it's almost like he's like the Tiger King version of a, what a billionaire would be or the billionaire version of what Tiger King would be. He, when I spoke to him, I had no idea he's on the run. He is running from the U S government while we were speaking. And so, and he's got, he's got so intense in his arguments. I kind of didn't want to argue with him. I don't really agree with everything he's saying. I don't, he kind of has a certain, um, pessimistic view, which I don't agree with for America. I do think some of the things though have merit and we need to pay attention because he does have some good insight, but never forget this man I'm about to interview is a billionaire on the run and batshit insane. Here we go. Jay, are you recording? Uh, yep, I'm recording right now. John, I'll do an intro a little bit later. But John, where are you? Where, where's your Where's your bunker? Where you're hiding out? Well, I can't tell you that, can I? <laughs> I guess I guess not. Are you Are you hiding out in a bunker? Are you in the U.S. or are you uh, uh, Are you traveling the world? What are you, What have you been up to during the coronavirus, during the shutdown? Um. Well, no, I'm definitely not in the U.S. Let me tell you <laughs> recent history. <laughs> um. After the U.S. Um, convened a grand jury to charge Janice and I with a tax evasion, um, we found out about the grand jury five days before. We took our four dogs, our staff of uh, nine, went to Miami, uh, got our yacht, and uh, sailed to the Bahamas. Um, went to the Bahamas because they don't have taxes, and therefore it's not a crime, uh, not to pay them. And, and um, is there extra, is there extradition between the Bahamas and the U.S. for crimes? Yeah, that... yes, but inter, yes, absolutely. But international law says you cannot extradite someone if the crime they're charging you with is not a crime in your country, and ah. it's not a crime in the Bahamas. They don't have taxes, so not paying them is not a crime. But I and... knew the, the U.S. would come after us in any case, so they bribed the commissioner of police, Paul Rule, to um, to arrest us on any old charge. In which case, we would then be. Uh, uh, undesirable, so they could legally deport us wherever they choose. And we found out about that. Uh, we got out of the Bahamas six hours before they came to arrest us. Went to Cuba. We were there for two months. The Cuban government collected uh, Janice and I um, and told us that the U.S. had uh, unofficially requested that they return me to the U.S. Uh, Cuba said they said no, but uh, they said, you understand that you are now a serious problem for us. And they gave us 72 hours to leave the country and never come back. So we left, uh, spent four and a half days at sea, um, didn't tell anybody where we were going. Uh, we went to the Dominican Republic. Um, we were arrested before we could even get off our boat. We were surrounded by soldiers, um, not allowed to talk to customs or immigration. Um, uh, anyway, they told us, uh, Mr. McAfee, uh, we have to send you back to America. I said, you can't. I didn't come from America. I came from Cuba. Uh, according to international law, if you want to send me somewhere, you have to send me back there. Um, yeah, but I knew they wouldn't. They, they, again, America got there before we did. I don't know how they found out. Uh, the CIA apparently 
we were in jail for four days. Uh, our lawyers finally managed to um, uh, get a stay of deportation um, until I could have my say in court. Well, <laughs> they were not going to let this go to court. We had, uh, you know, 20 or 30 people videoing the whole thing, showing that we were not even allowed to talk to customs. They had caught on my boat illegally. I was not even in to Dominican Republic official. So they didn't want that to come to light. And so we got out of a, a jail in um, the Dominican Republic and they asked us where we wanted to go. I said London, and that's where they sent us. So on the way, I told her, listen, we can't run forever, baby. We have to go underground, and we did. So that's our story, and we can't tell you where we are for obvious reasons. So you're not in London, that's for sure. Of course yeah. not. <laughs> So, so was there any, I, I sort of feel like tax evasion is one of those charges where they, they get you on that because they really, they, they really just don't like you. It's like the Al Capone thing. Like, they well, yeah, get I mean, listen, I haven't, I haven't paid taxes in 10 years and I've told them I'm not paying anymore. Uh, for eight years, they left me alone. Um, uh, two years ago, I started speaking on international stages, telling people, if you don't want to pay taxes, I'll tell you how to do it use privacy coins and uh, distributed exchanges in the cryptocurrency world, and um, you'll never have to pay taxes again. That's when things got ugly, and they've been after me ever since. Uh, finally uh, convening a grand jury last January, not last January, January of 2019. Wow, and you didn't know they were convening? I mean, they must have sent you, the IRS must have been sending you letters. No, of course not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And listen, I've paid over $50 million with the taxes. I'm not paying a penny more. It's illegal and unconstitutional. Nobody should be paying taxes in America, not according to our constitution. I'm just saying. You know, and, and I've, I've always seen that argument. And by the way, nobody likes taxes. Like, I don't like paying taxes. And I always hear people say the constitutional argument, but obviously the, the regular person can't, doesn't have the resources to fight a battle like, like you just did. Where in the Constitution do you think is, or, or point me to where in the Constitution is the tax stuff? Because I, I really would like to sincerely learn and read it. Well, I don't know what, what amendment it is. It's not even an amendment. The Constitution clearly states uh, that Congress shall pass no laws restricting, um, uh, limiting, or hindering a person's ability to make a living. Um, that the the earnings, uh, the production uh, of the individual belongs to the individual and the individual alone. It's, there can't be any clearer than that, please. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because what is the role of government? I mean, when the U.S. started, and I, you know, I want to get into crypto and I want to get into the virus because you have lots of great opinions. You just launched a new cryptocurrency that's very interesting. You have lots of uh, opinions that I agree with. But I'm just philosophically interested. Like, I feel the U.S. was an experiment when it was created about how much liberty can you really give a human and the government's role, at least from what I understand, the way philosophically they're thinking about it is that the government will protect property. So if your neighbor burglarizes your property, the government steps in and says that's burglary, it's against the law. If, 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 the, if, if your neighbor steals your property or wants it or there's a conflict, the government steps in and figures it out. And, you know, maybe the government's role extended a little bit more. If somebody was too weak or sick to help themselves, the government plays a role in that as well. But what do you view as the role of government philosophically? Build roads, 
um, create the infrastructure that is impractical for individuals to build, and that's it. Why should government be involved in law, for heaven's sake? I mean, if you're a libertarian, um, we believe that uh, law uh, is a natural outcome of living in the society. You don't need a law. Um, you know, if someone steals from you, the neighbors steal with it. You know, uh, you no longer invite the motherfucker to dinner. If someone kills somebody, you throw them out of the village, just like it used to be. Good God almighty, people. Uh, there weren't any laws when this country was started, especially out west. And the west, the most polite culture ever created on this planet. Why? Everybody was armed. Everybody was armed. Uh, if you went into a bar and bumped into somebody, both of them knew something. You knew the guy was drunk and armed, liable to have an itchy trigger finger. You bowed and apologized. The guy come out of the bar knows he's drunk and you're not. Uh, you have the advantage if you draw. He apologizes. That's why there were so many hat tipping uh, for the ladies, apologies, leave us alone. It was the most polite, non-violent society ever created. Now, yeah, we focused on the little violence that was there, the OK Corral, uh, Billy the Kid. Um, you know, the, uh, the stage robbers, but good God, as a society as a whole, it had less crime. It had less violence than every society ever created. Why? Everybody was armed. Good God, in an armed society, it creates a lightness, I promise you. Um, I lived in a little town in New Mexico called uh, uh, Rodeo. Uh, population, less than 200 people. Had a little um, cafe and, and grocery store and an art gallery, and that was it. There had never been a robbery in that town. Why? Everybody, man, woman, and child, I mean, 10-year-old kids had guns. Grandmothers carried guns. Everybody working at the cafe had guns. All the customers had guns. What idiot is going to rob that place? Right. And they'd never had a violent shooting. Everybody's too smart for that. Who are you going to shoot? You know, they've got a gun. You know, and, and everybody around's got a gun. They may go, hey, that was unjust, and shoot you. So now it creates nothing. Pardon? Do you think New York City can, can if the same philosophy applies? So in Rodeo, it sounds like it was a community. Everyone knew each other. Everyone knew everybody else was armed. New York City is so diverse and densely packed and, you know, at its worst. Makes no it's difference. Been, Makes no difference at all. Good God Almighty. Dodge City was diverse and, and, and densely packed, for heaven's sake. Um, you know, all of these places, Durango, densely packed. I mean, all the cowboys from, you know, hundreds of miles came there. I mean, you couldn't move in a bar. You were shoulder to shoulder. doesn't matter how many people are there. It just has to understand that everybody. Now, if everybody's not armed, then you're going to have chaos. Right. You have to demand that people carry guns. Right. Although, and the old West people were smart enough to do it. I guess you don't have to carry a gun if everybody thinks you have a gun. <laughs> so there's like a certain herd immunity uh, thing too, where you could be the one person without a gun, but everybody will think you have one and you're still okay. So some people- yeah, Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Some drunk uh, cowboy is going to come in and try and shoot you. Now he's drunk. If you're sober, you can draw faster than him. Right. You can't draw a non-existent gun, my friend. Right. And then, then your secret's out or, or you're dead. No, you're dead. <laughs> right. You're dead. All right. So, 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 okay. But if there, if, Government's role is to build roads and infrastructure. How would how would they raise money to to do that? Because they're the only the way they did it before. Tax. The way they did it before we had income tax, 
Prior to 1913, we had no taxes, people. And yet we were the industrial giant of the planet. But we instituted the income tax, and now, what are we? We're just a service society. We don't produce steel anymore. Our cars are substandard compared to the Japanese and Chinese. Um, no, we lost our power. All we have is military power now. Um, well, and, and I but, agree. Like, like what, why do a lot of people think if you raise taxes on the exact people who create jobs and innovation in society, and then on the flip side, if you lend money to students to get overinflated college tuitions, where are people going to have any incentive to, they're going to be either paying back loans or, or every dollar they make? Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we didn't pay taxes, they would trust me. It was hard to make money prior to 1913, but the government did it without taxation. A government's job is to fund itself, not steal from the fucking people it's supposed to serve. Good God almighty. Right. So why uh, do people think there's any incentive for uh, people to create companies, people to create jobs? If, there's if, not. There's right. not. And it's not because, people, we have the income tax. Do you understand? It's so easy to take money from the people and buy whatever you want. There's 400 million of us. And, and why? how much. Yeah. Like, but, but why is that a valid? Like, why? Why do people think that you can raise taxes and it won't squash innovation? Like, why, why do, well, how do they always, even well, come people up with that? don't. People don't. Sheep do. Yeah. Stupid people in government do, but anybody with a mind is not my friend. Good God almighty. I see. And I guess no, the government... No, people, when you say people think, I'm always thinking of sheep. Yes, people think all kinds of things. People think you print money, it's going to be okay. Obviously, because that's what we just did. Two trillion dollars last month. Yeah. Two trillion. Do you know that's going to make your dollar worth 25 cents within six months? And yet nobody thinks of that shit except the people who think. Listen, there, there are only two types of people in my mind. Those who think the government is actually there to support and help them. And those who actually think. Those are only two types of people. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I, loved, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests? And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people 
who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side-by-side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But it was four plane rides like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours, and they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when, you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long and both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash James. Just try it and see. You'll you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter and I got nonstop really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast and the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
you know, it's interesting because this is the first time stimulus like this, and I don't even want to call it stimulus. It's not even a Band-Aid because the, the patient itself is in a coma, which is the economy, is a self-induced coma. You know, I guess this is the first time the government has commanded everybody to shut themselves in their house, and then they, they're trying to essentially pay off the people with the stimulus. What's your view on the whole... I've, I've seen your views on, on the coronavirus numbers, and I agree. From the beginning, you could see in the numbers coming out of every single China, South Korea, Singapore, yeah, Sweden. It was nothing. It was nothing. Yeah. Less than a quarter of a million people have died worldwide. Diarrhea kills two and a half million every year. Please, God, it is nothing, all right? I, nothing. Go, to, I go to the hospital six times a year from diarrhea, so I know. But, uh... <laughs> all right. Okay, so now... Um, and diarrhea is mostly caused by pathogenic viruses and bacteria. But anyway, that's a different story. But, but um, yeah, so what, what do you think happened here that, that lit the world on fire? Because I, I don't think it's a, a global... The media. The yeah, media. The I media blows. The media. They use some horrific, staggering numbers. Staggering? Well, two people dying per 100,000 population is staggering? Good God almighty. You have a better chance of winning the lottery than dying from this thing. Do you understand? Literally. Yeah. No, so, I, I do. No, it's so the it's media created. Why? Think of who benefits from this? Nobody. The airline industry is going to die. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do to travel anymore. I mean, they've been out from. Listen, at nine eleven, we shut down the airlines for three days. It killed two of the smaller airlines. It's been shut down for over a month. They can't survive. They won't survive. You think just because they're shut down, they don't have to pay the leases on these airplanes, which is billions a day. People wake up. And that's just one. Oil industry, mom and pop grocery stores, restaurants. Commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. Now, and everybody living paycheck to paycheck. And that's 55% of America. So how's that going to play out? What's going to play out? We're going to, we, hit, we were destroying the economy. You can't print enough money to cover this. And if you did, the dollar would be worthless. I mean, you guys need to remember history. I mean, the end of World War II. Now, at the beginning of World War II, the German mark was on a bar with a dollar. One mark, one dollar. At the end, a loaf of bread cost 30 billion marks. And they were printing 10 billion mark notes. It doesn't matter how much you print. You don't have it. It's don't have it. It's end of story. Yeah, no, so I've got, I've got the uh, same thing. The same thing is going to happen, not just in America. What's that? It's a hundred billion. Uh, it's a trillion dollar uh, note from Zimbabwe. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. Uh, again, that's called hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is going to happen all over the world. The dollar, I promise you, in a year, a loaf of bread is going to cost a million dollars. Now, how are you going to manage that, people? How are you going to manage that? So, so let me, let me, and, and I'm always confused about this issue because some people are saying deflation. There's obviously much deflation right now, but there's going to be, <laughs> you, you, you don't think, all right, let's discuss what, what's not right now, this moment, this second, what's not deflated? Huh? Like well, right who now, cares like, right now, who cares? Right, who no, cares? I agree with you. I agree right, with you. So, so when we right come now, out, who cares? Let's look in two months, people. Right now, nothing. See, right. here, we're, we're always a month and a half behind. I mean, for example, uh, if you look at the uh, statistics for March, uh, businesses, small businesses only dropped 15%. Wait until the next one, which is yeah. this month. 
April, you're going to see it drop 95%. And next month, 99%. And then next month, almost 100%. Everybody's going to go out of business. When people starve, they're going to take to the streets. They always do. Look at the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution. Every revolution happened because people starved. There are people locked down for a month and without money. Four children and a wife and a dog, maybe. They're going to starve in a week or two because they don't have the money. And you think a $1,200 check <laughs> is going to and, save that? And John, I, I agree with you. I've been against this economic shutdown from the beginning. I've seen so many people suffer. So I've uh, it just, it's been horrible. The, the calls to mental health hotlines and so on, and, and just the, the pure suffering and collateral fatalities that are happening. But here's the argument on the dollar. And I'm just, as it's presented to me, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I'm curious what you say, is that there's so much demand worldwide for the dollar because there's no, uh, the view is there's no other choice if you're going to buy a, a government currency around the world, that that's supporting the dollar's uh, price right now. That, you know, every country is basically switching from their well, currency listen, to listen, the dollar. Listen, as, as the dollar devalues internally in America, when you cannot buy a loaf of bread for $5, um, what demand do you think there's going to be? Wake up, world. How can there be a demand for something which is internally of no value? Right. And so it's what's a high the, demand now because we're able to buy shit with it as Americans when we can't anymore, which is going to be two to three months. There'll be zero demand for the dollar, do you understand? I mean, already it's lost against almost every major world currency because the smart countries go, what the fuck? They, they just issue $2 billion, dump your dollars, they're going to be worthless. Yeah. So we're, the demand is there only because we keep producing goods and services. We haven't produced jack shit for months. Nothing. Right. And so what, so, for a month, that's so, going to drop. Yes, go ahead. Play, play it out. Like, let's say we go back to work in, in May, which I'm hoping, and uh, we're starting to manufacture, we're starting to produce. Now, again, we're a service economy, so we're dependent on people going out and spending money. And your point is they're not going to do that. And I guess there's I no money know. to spend. There's no money to spend. No one's been getting a paycheck. Right. Well, I mean, the few people are, but those 55% of America that live hand to mouth, they don't have any much money. What are they going to buy? And with what? Good God, people wake up. It's yeah. not as simple as, oh, is it? No. It's an interwoven world economy that we're living in. And you break one little piece and the system falls apart. And we've I broken guess, every piece. Right. And I, and I guess a couple of questions are, one is, what countries do you think did it right? Like sort of avoided the media? Sweden, Sweden, Belarus. Um, Sweden has ignored the whole thing, and they have the lowest death rate on the planet. They're not locked down. They're out partying, drinking, and producing goods, going to work, meeting with friends, holding hands in the park. Good God Almighty, they've done it right by ignoring it completely. And, That's and the only way to deal with this. For people, for people listening to this who are getting scared to death right now, what should they do? Go out in the streets. Ignore it, people. But in terms of like, you know, everybody's paid in dollars. So what, what, how should people no, start thinking about No, you want, to end it, you want to end this quickly so maybe there's a slight chance yeah. that the economy will survive. You better do it now. There's no other way to end it and ignore the fucking government, people. Jesus God. Listen, it's going to be ignored eventually when these 55%, when their families are starving. 
you're going to see an uprising in America that you have never dreamed of. Look at history. In the French Revolution, everybody was starving. Um, uh, the uh, queen, you know, when, when they're going, why are people rioting? Uh, you know, so they have no bread. She said, well, let them eat cake. That's how stupid rulers are. They are so far removed from the reality of the people that they govern that they do yeah. stupid things like what they did. Even, even and America was 200 billion, when 200 million Americans hit the streets with knives and shotguns and signs and anger, <laughs> that'll be the end of this country. I'm telling John, you now. John, you gotta, give, you gotta give me something positive here. What's... I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. Listen, okay, we're all in an airplane that's crashing. Well, you gotta give me something positive. No, we're all gonna die. Right. No, no, Fair give me enough. something positive. Um, well, well, the only positive thing is we're gonna die quickly if we're in an airplane crash, but we're not in reality. We're gonna die slowly and horribly. People, wake the fuck up. Use your heads. Here's the problem. Nobody thinks anymore. Nobody, you fucking children, let the news and your fucking government think for you. They tell you what's right, and you go, oh, it's right to lock ourselves in. Fuck me, let's do that. So no, I, use your goddamn sense. If you can multiply and divide, add and subtract, look at the goddamn numbers, people. This is not a problem. Yeah, no, you I... You have been deceived because you did not think for what? yourself. I'm sorry. No, no, I, 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 just, I just want to say... I, I've, this, I've had this conversation many times on the podcast because you, if you just read media headlines, you know, like the other day, uh, the headline was U.S. deaths surpass Italy deaths. Well, of course they did. U.S. is... Because our population is yeah. five times more than Italy. Don't. Yeah. So, so every headline has been kind of like that and it just encourages this fear. And then, and then if, you po if you say anything in disagreement... People will be like, oh, well, you better you're trust You're stupid, experts. you idiot. Yeah. You're such an idiot. What's wrong with you? I hope you die from the disease. Well, listen, it's almost impossible to die from this disease. At your age, you can't die from this disease. Please, do you understand? There have been less than a handful out of, out of 7.8 billion people of anybody dying under the age of 50. There's been an infant, a 16-year-old boy, and maybe a handful of middle-aged people, which I promise you, doubtful that they died from this disease. Who dies from it? People over 70, like me. But even then, I'll take that risk. I'll go out. Why? Because even for people over 70, the risk is still uh, two in 100,000 uh, population. Well, fuck me, I'll take that risk. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, you got so, a greater so, chance of being hit by a meteor. Jesus, God. So it's kind of a shame. I agree. The media... You know, their only agenda is to have paid views and that, and they sell ads Whoa. and that's how they survive. And have they not? Have they not? I was going to say, who wins on this? The media. What's yeah. the value of the media? The number of eyeballs, times, the amount of time spent watching. Now, before the lockdown, nine, ten hours a day, we were commuting to work, working, having lunch, coming home another hour or so, having dinner, kissing your wife, going to bed. Weekends, you're out... Uh, partying, uh, going on a date, uh, fishing with the kids, um, minimal amount of time watching the boob tube. What's yeah. happening now? 24 hours a fucking day, our eyes are glued to it. They have increased in value by a factor of 10. So listen, my, my parents and grandparents always said, listen, if, if you do not know, uh, if you're unsure about who's responsible for something, 
find out who benefited most. There's only one entity that's benefited from this, and that is the mainstream media. And they are the ones hyping it, going, horror, uh, staggering uh, numbers. Please, God, wake up. Yeah, and so, so responsible. don't they, don't the leaders of anything, whether it's the media or the government, don't they realize they're shooting themselves in the face? Like even Yes, but they have no choice because Donald Trump came out day one and said, listen, this is not as bad as you people think. We're going to do nothing. The media slammed him. Oh, he, he doesn't care about the lives and deaths of the American citizens. He was forced into this by the media. God, the media controls the world by controlling the attitudes and beliefs of the sheep. The sheep are still allowed to vote. That's a fucking problem. Well, if you have no mind and don't think for yourself, I don't think you should be allowed to vote. Right, if and, you and, get your information from the news and you vote based on that, I'm sorry, but you should be locked in your mother's basement till you come to your senses. Well, I, I 100% agree with that. And But what do you think, what do you think if, if Trump had stood up and said, listen, I'm going to do the right thing. I don't care if I'm elected or not. I, I won't even run for election. But he does care that he's elected. Please, God, yeah. keep this in mind. That's the problem. They all care about keeping their power. So if he was the man, go, I don't care if I lose my power. Please, what man on the planet would do that? Yeah. Abraham Lincoln's no longer here. And Gandhi was shot in the uh, first half of the 20th century. Yeah. Other than those two, can you think of a single human being, living or dead, that's going to go, oh, I'm going to do the right thing, even though I George Washington. my family. And no, please, God, it doesn't work that way. And that's why the mainstream media is so powerful. Yeah. Because those in government who can think are terrified to act on what they know is true. And the sheep, believe what the MSN tells them. And and we have to go. I'm sorry, we just ran out of time. Oh, I well, have enjoyed this. Well, right? John, hopefully we can talk again. I wanted to talk about Ghost, your new cryptocurrency, but we could we could do yes, it next another time. time. Another All right. Time. Thanks so Thank much, you, John. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.